Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the Obsessed Podcast. It's me, Gareth and Gia, obviously. Today, we are recording a podcast about the Derek Jeter collection. I think we have to thank Derek Jeter for most of Mariah's best songs. Would y'all agree? I mean, there's not a whole lot of, like, number ones, but in terms of, like, lyrical um, storytelling, yes. I don't believe we would have the same Butterfly album or the Butterfly album at all if it wasn't for Derek Jeter. Because if you really think about it, Mariah may have been with Tommy just a little bit longer. What do you mean? Like, she might have stayed with him. Yeah, oh, a little bit longer. Okay. I, I think she would have eventually left him, but I think Derek Jeter was the defining point in her life where she was like, there's so much better for me. Mm-hmm. And that pushed her to really leave that situation that she was in. Yeah, she's used words, words like sequestered. Well, she's said that that house that she lived in with Tommy was uh, like a prison, so she labelled it Sing Sing. And then there's that line in the roof where she said she felt alive in the second verse. Um, and I feel like, I know that's just one line I'm mentioning, but I do feel like this this was an explosion of like a whole new life out there. And instead of like having this fake father figure who was like gonna bring her into this new world. So it it did open a lot of doors for her emotionally and then led to her opening up more as an artist. Mariah describes the moment when she learns that Derek's mom is Irish and his father's African-American as the moment in The Wizard of Oz when it goes from sepia to technicolor. And I feel like it's a great way to describe her mindset and what she's going through because after Derek comes into her life, she spreads her wings. We get butterfly. We get a change in sound. But we also get a different Mariah. And it's a more loose, laid back, more expressive, and less afraid to be herself. And that's very, very important and a critical, pivotal moment in her entire career. Gia, I couldn't have said it any more perfectly. That is the best point that you can really make throughout all of this is because if you think about Mariah Carey's sound before the Butterfly album and pre-Derek Jeter, it was completely different. It was all adult contemporary. It was all uh, easy, good music for radio hits. And then it completely changed after she left Tommy and met Derek Jeter. Yes, and before I even knew of her whole entire legendary career and just talking about the music, just talking about the music alone, you can hear how different Butterfly is from anything else before it. Yes, there's like hints and traces of little things throughout, sprinkled throughout, but Butterfly is a completely different sound. And I don't want to go too much into the whole Butterfly album. I guess this is good practice for us playing with the Butterfly album, teasing and talking about it a little bit. But this is not a Butterfly album review. But a lot of the Derek Jeter songs, pretty much the whole album, is a Derek Jeter moment. How could it not? Because he, once again, inspired this this sort of like come to Jesus, wake up moment for Mariah. And that is something very valuable and it's very noticeable throughout her career. Exactly. For those of you who don't know who Derek Jeter is and you're living under a rock, 
Uh, Derek Jeter was an American baseball player. He played for the Yankees from 1995 till 2015. He spent his entire career with the Yankees as a shortstop. He says in his book that they met at the Fresh Air Fun Gala in 1996 in the month of November. He also says that he kind of um, disregards what Mariah says in her book, saying that they didn't fall in love immediately. Well, in his eyes, he felt that way, but they were friends at first and then it led into the relationship. Mariah kind of implies that she like really was interested from the first meeting, like not at the first sight. But definitely in the first meeting, because she describes her not being interested in the jock type, really not giving him any attention at first when he sits down with his friend. But really what did it was the conversation that struck up about his mixed heritage. And that was when her ears perked up and she really noticed Derek. And it was their similarities, their things in common, which also ties in very much to the butterfly theme, which is, you know, her, in my opinion, butterfly doesn't start with honey. It starts with looking in and you, you're, you realize like Mariah is not just like the pop star. She is the person, but like, what is, she mentions like this insecurity, like, you know, all of the things, all of the things, but by the end of butterfly, you realize like what they are. She goes in and talks about them. You mentioned something about her being quite laid back. And I feel like it was a bit of a, um, a contradiction. Before she got with Derek Jeter and before she actually acted on the whole like mess that became the marriage with uh, Mariah Carey and Tommy, like she was, she was sort of like a laid back sort of um, to look at, like an image, but then it, at the same time, all the vocals were all over the top and everything, and we got lots of gymnastics and whatnot, but it was all in a sort of like bracketed in a way. So I feel like it was a good thing for this to happen for her as a person and as a young woman developing in, in such a big industry. She did become more laid back with, with certain things, but she also, with that, she became more extra. Like she was... Um, always like big hair, windblown hair, you know, little outfits, um, revealing outfits. The outfits. Yeah, but I would argue that that, is, that look is more laid back. I feel like she was more uptight before. It wasn't laid back. Right. Like, the tights and the plaid and the long sleeves and the turtlenecks, like that's not laid back to me. Like the tube tops are laid back to me. The big hair that's like frizzy in the humidity is laid back to me. Like, I, I think that, like, yeah, it's more glam and it's more diva, but you also it's have to also... have a lot of confidence to go out like that, especially when you're going to be, like, in the public eye. But she, I feel like she's, I feel like she's more chill. Like, yes, it's more glam, but I think that it, I think that it's more laid back. I would argue that it's more laid back because she's like, she's not wearing as much. She doesn't have to do as much. She's less uptight. I feel like the look that she had before is way more uptight. I, get I feel I feel like Derek's dick freed Mariah. It <laughs> oh brought her God. to a whole nother world that she didn't even knew existed. Like acid. Yes, exactly. <laughs> His dick was mushrooms and acid and MDMA. It was everything to her. It, it completely changed her life and opened her eyes to things she didn't even know existed. Mm. Derek was really, in my eyes, 
the love of Mariah's life and will probably always be the love of Mariah's life. Mm. I agree. That's how I feel. When when you think of, there's so many songs, I'm just like, God, is this about Derek? Is this one about him too? But just think about like Honey and My All and even Cry Baby and th- these songs. There's some of her best songs the roof i don't know if breakdown is but i feel like the whole butterfly album is pretty much about him there's just another level that she brought to this another like so much feeling so much like energy i there's no way that i don't think she loved anybody more than him she she doesn't even talk about nick cannon as much as she talks about Derek jeter in her book she barely mentions Nick Cannon. Yeah, he has like one paragraph and Derek has a whole last chapter. He's in a couple and he's mentioned later. He's mentioned in a later on his mom or his sister or something's mentioned. Like she really, really, I think she felt like this was like the love of her life. Exactly. Well, let's start going into these songs that we allegedly think are about him. Uh, Derek has has said before that he had a crush on Mariah before even meeting her. And he had this fantasy that he would steal Mariah away from Tommy. He always said that Anytime You Need a Friend was his kind of a hype song before games, which is kind of a weird hype song, but okay. Oh, he That's had that he, fantasy. Yes. Didn't she um, say that in the book? Yeah. Yeah. He told her about that, I think. And I are, and like I said, I mentioned earlier, Mariah was like not into the jock type, not really feeling him. She like barely gave him attention at first. Like he had pointy shoes, not trying to be shady, but he had pointy shoes talking about uh, this Armani suit is like whatever and the pointy shoes. But then when the conversation went to the mixed heritage, the sparks, honey, they started flying. (laughs) allegedly in mariah's view because like we said derek really wasn't allegedly allegedly it's like you said earlier mariah really didn't notice derek until she heard him say at that dinner table that his parents were the same race as her parents irish american and black and venezuelan is what she says and that's how it's almost like the storybook romance is how she talks about it, how everything just started to fall into place and make sense that 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 is why they they belong. Well, together. yeah, talk about storybook because she's like locked up in the castle with the Wicked Witch, allegedly, and um, longing to get away, forced to sing and sing all the time. This is like the the climax of that part of the story. Like this is the big part. Because you know how the book is mostly is mostly how she's trapped in Sing Sing. This is like the big part. I mean, honestly, before Glitter, like the Butterfly era and the Glitter era, those are like the, oh shit, is getting real moments of at least the book and the narrative of her career that she portrays. Well, like also like her life and her story, you know, her truth. So, yeah, this is like one of the most interesting parts of that because it is the like metaphorical straw that breaks the camel's back and completely changes everything. 
Let's go into the songs and what we think are allegedly about Derek Jeter and belong on the Derek Jeter soundtrack. Okay. Starting with Honey. Basically, to me, the whole Butterfly album is a Derek Jeter love album. There are some songs here and there that don't really belong. I heard you bring up Breakdown before, and if you thought that was about Derek, but it couldn't have been about Derek because it was written before the... But how do we know? Well, it could be about Derek, now that I think about it. In my mind, I was thinking that they met in 1997, but what from he says, they met in 1996. Yeah, from what both of them say, they met at the Fresh Air Fun Gala in 1996, in the beginning of November, probably, because then three, a few weeks later, three weeks later in November, that's when they meet up at the pizza place, honey. Talking about, oh, it's going to start raining, girl. Let's ditch the security, honey. <laughs> so for real can we get into it okay well we'll start with her come hungry song honey <laughs> she's really strung out for another taste and she wants to be a cum dump basically metaphoric which i didn't realize that honey was about that but also i just um i've been in the little reddit groups looking around and also i feel like it could be like his honey-colored skin all over her as well. Even though we know she's thirsty for that drip, yes. I just feel like it's more than one thing. It, yeah, it could be taken so many other ways. And it, it obviously is like saying that it's a sweet taste of like his love, like or is it could be his company. I'm looking at it from a completely <laughs> his like, company girl vibe. We know like... it's about we know it's about him on top of her, honey. But like, <laughs> It's just like, in what ways does it mean? Because I feel like, why is it honey? Why is it? Why is it so sweet? Why is it sweeter than, you know? It's honey's, like honey. Honey's always it, used in that sort of like context, like, honey, I'm home. Hey, honey. It's, you know, it's always that sort of like term of endearment. So I think it's used in a way to make it as light as possible. And yet, when you actually go in and read the lyrics and you kind of think, okay, this is more than just that. And obviously then with the whole like connotations of what honey could actually be itself because of the texture of it, it's like, okay. And you just end up, because of the lyrics, you end up reading deeper and deeper into it anyway. So Yeah, I see what you're, basically to me, it's a double entendre about of kind course. of like she, want, she wants his skin. Or, but to me, until Gia ruined my whole entire life and pointed out that this is what Same. honey is about and there's white semen dancing around in the video which i'm such an unperceptive lamb and i never got that but to me I, it's I because he was <laughs> to me it was because he was eating he was munching on that pineapple which is funny because and- <laughs> i'm the, it's funny to me that i caught it first because i'm the youngest one that just shows how your mind works darling but what exactly. do you mean? Like, it's so obvious, though. And then with the song lyrics, like, it really was just, like, right in my face. You're the but youngest, like- and you've corrupted us two in, in what this song is actually about. Like, we were just like, oh, this is really... Well, I was like, it's a really sweet song. And now it's just like, oh, my God. It's like hardcore porn. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You really twisted my mind when you brought that up to me but it made sense because yes there are those white seamen dancing around on the (laughs) ship and like i was just like how do i miss that but in my head i always thought that it was just like she was just sweet to him and she like 
I guess the taste of him, I, I, I don't know. It's all done very cleverly, like the boat, you know, the getaway and obviously how it all comes together. It's so, it's so innocent. But then when you do read between the lines, you're like, of course, this is the thing. I, I feel like, like how, what's the word? How naive of me to not see these things over the years and growing up. Like, how come I didn't see this? And I, I didn't even like click at all. Like I, I knew there were like certain connotations, but like the semen, like I didn't even click with that at all until I think you, you brought it up on a, one of our lives, Gia, like a couple of years ago. I was just like, what? Yeah, same. Yeah, and I was shook that you guys didn't get it, honestly. Cause like, like I said, like to me, it was like right there. It always was right there to me. It's very touch my body. Like if any music video was close to honey in my eyes is touch my body because like she's very playful about the sexual sexuality of it and it's very much a joke but it's also like right in your face as well and i love that touch my body is more like the sesame street version yeah it is but it's still like it's still like a complete joke they very, they're very similar. Like, I feel like Touch My Body is like one of her last really good videos. Sorry, I'm like on a different tangent now. But like, it reminds me of um, Heartbreaker and Honey. Not to me, because Touch My Body, it just shows me that Mariah Carey is a masochist. She literally says, throw me on the floor. I wish a bitch would throw me on the floor. Like, what kind of lyric is that? Have you ever really thought about that? Throw me on the floor? Yeah, I kind of like that. I'm here for that. I, I wish haven't. I wish a bitch would throw me on the floor. As you're saying it now, I've just got the image of her. I'm down. Place. He can throw me on the floor. I'm down. <laughs> As you're saying it now, I've got just that image of like, her at the bottom Mariah of the being thrown on the floor. Well, no, her at the bottom of the stairs of with you and that whole death becomes her moment. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, threw her on the floor. Oh, well. Threw I, her off the ledge. I mean, I guess throw me on the bed wouldn't have fit. So it had to be throwing me on the floor. Wait, yeah, any- how does it go again? We're on a tangent, but it, wait, it's touch my body. Throw me on, throw the, me floor. on the floor. Wrestle me, me around. around. Play with me some Play more. Play with me some more. Touch my body. Throw Wait, me on what the is bed. it? She just say throw, throw me, me on the bed. bed. I just uh, want to make you feel like you never did. Yeah, so okay, so I think it's I think else. it's kind of like you have to do it like that. She yeah. did it. She did it right. Yeah, I like that. So Mariah's saying throw me on the floor, then throw me on the bed. But I no, I'm all set with that. She's getting thrown around. She she wants to get thrown around. Okay, but, but I don't think that's a Derek Jeter song. So. No, it's not. I'm just saying it's no. a back weird to, lyric. Back to honey. Also, the music video is very Derek Jeter as well because she is trapped in the mansion with a very Tommy Mottola-looking nasty haircut. It's very greasy. And she's all tied up, and she's like, "Um, no habla inglés. I really can't deal with anybody here. And then, like, she's obviously the secret agent, very Mission Impossible, uh, James Bond. And she escapes the mansion. Yep, she escapes the mansion. And she jumps into the swimming pool. She sheds her black, little black dress. And, you know, like she and then she's always new Mariah. And then she's the new Mariah. Oh, wait. Okay. So she's like dancing and all the white seamen are all over her. And then she runs away from the Tommy Matola guy. And she ends up with the hot honey colored 
guy. guy. Yeah, at the end. The honey color guy on the island, on their private island, talking about, which is probably um, Puerto Rico. It is Puerto Rico. She said that. No, I know. But like their own island is like Puerto Rico because that's where she ran away to. You know what I'm saying? I know it's filmed in Puerto Rico, but like. So yeah, that is, that song is totally about Derek. Mm -hmm. Let's go into the next. Let's go into the next songs that aren't allegedly about Derek that Mariah has confirmed herself are about Derek, which are Maya and The Roof. Okay, let's get into it. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to just say stuff that's like been said like a million times by us and probably loads of other people. But it's just like the storytelling of these songs is like nothing that we've had before up to this point. I mean, we have had some great storytelling moments, like Gia said earlier, you know, we got parts of it on the Daydream album that led up to this moment. But like these, even Honey, like as you go through these songs on the Butterfly album, you really do picture how it was for her. And you you, you really tie them to your own sense of experience and nostalgia of your own life. And, you know, I'm thinking of you in my deep, sleepless solitude tonight that like we've all been there where we've like laid awake at night thinking about somebody thinking like what whatever it might be thinking about just thinking about them thinking about like whether it's kind of like nasty or whether it's like just like from fondness or you know you probably just come off a date from somebody and you're like oh well, that really went well it's really going well you probably like a few dates in or whatever I don't know but you've, you know we've all had those moments where you think you're stuck in a daydream about somebody and you're just thinking about it in my all I know it's sequenced differently on butterfly but is she's probably referencing that night on the roof that she no we know that she night. is that's why that's why i was like so there the sequence of the album is different than the order in which it happened so she met him like they ran away to the roof and then she started like running away and like planning trips with him and then this my all moment was she was on the plane coming back from their little scandalous meetup moment at a hotel in Puerto Rico. And then the song started coming to her. And she she literally meant she would risk her life to feel his body next to hers because she felt like she was risking her life to go meet up with him. And And you can feel that in the song. And it's crazy because when I first heard this stuff, you can feel the level of drama and the level of, oh my gosh, there is like this hidden romance or there's this person you you need or you want and you cannot have them. The emotion. And it is, yeah, there is the feeling in the song and it's captured and it's frozen in time and it's about him and you can totally feel it. And it's like one of her biggest climaxes on a song and it's one of her best songs. And it's like one of the only songs that she has fully written by herself. And it is um, masterful. It's one of her hardest songs to sing. And it's perfectly simple, yet completely complex and super complicated at the same time. It's Yeah, that's why it's so easy for her to do it acoustic. On um, Was it on the Butterfly Tour? I think she did it acoustic. Because it is literally just all about 
her vocals and singing those lyrics. And even the video is so, I know it has its extra moments with the lighthouse and it's probably like a, a lot of CGI and whatnot, but like, it's so, it's so just like stripped in terms of like, there's not a lot going on, like Honey or Heartbreaker or any of those kind of videos. It is just her lying down, canoodling a little bit, and then just standing there, just belting out on the shore. And it yeah, and there's not even any like crazy layers or like a crazy like no. backing track or like music. It's very simple melody, very simple lyrics, very complex vocal, and it's, a very very complex arrangement. And it's all about pretty much the storytelling. And I feel like that it's not a simple like I love you and you love me and blah blah blah. It's you know like. <sighs> I don't think she's ever really had those songs. I mean, she has had them for like a probably like lesser moments like later on, but like this was really in depth. And I feel like if there's anybody out there who can't relate on any level with this, with any of these lyrics, then you've not lived. Yeah, I 100% agree with that because we've all been through a mile situation. Yeah, like holiday romance at least, you know, and anything else like has been more deep than that. Yeah. Well, let's go into the roof next. I don't feel like we have to say too much about the roof. There's not really much to say about it because Mariah gave us all the tea on the roof. So the roof to me is arguably her best song lyrically and the way it's stacked and everything. It's it puts that image in your mind that you're really there and you and the video helps it out a lot as well. And also the vocal is kind of like all of the thoughts you're having like the layers of the vocals kind of give me like the like the the conscious you know how she's talking about and my apprehension blew away i only wanted you to i'm so bad at reciting lyrics i'm so bad sadness as you kiss me in the dark taste my sadness as you kiss me in the dark but throughout each line there's like the counter melodies and the harmonies and the trills of everything else going on and it kind of is like mariah's like like all of her different like feelings and like thoughts about the situation like and conflicting like feelings and i don't know it just gives me it's her best vocally layered song in my opinion and there's a few of them there's a few of them and they're on butterfly and also spill into rainbow. But when I think of like Mariah Carey, I think of like very whispery layered, possibly getting to a belt somewhere down the line, whistle notes in the background. And this is where that comes from for me. And this is the magnum opus of that skill. And that's why I think she recreated that specific song for the masterclass. Because it's it's something that Lambs have been asking for is her to do it live always. But it's not a song that you can just like recreate live. It's Mariah songs like that are very complex and very ornate and very thought out and everything is perfectly placed in a way that is controlled yet very overwhelming and it takes you several times to fully absorb everything and I said this about Heartbreaker as a song when I first heard it and The Roof as a song has taken me years 
years to fully appreciate everything about it. And that's like, it's, it's because I find more and more to appreciate about it every time. It's not that I didn't like it, but there's so much going on in it. So much emotion, so many vocals placed in different areas. The backgrounds are turned up. They're very in the front. The music is like almost in the background and it's just very complicated. There's a lot going on in terms of lyrics. I've said this before. Like, as soon as I first heard this song, I didn't know that there was a music video. And I didn't know anything too much about... I didn't know anything about the Derek Jeter thing because we he's not a celebrity over here. We don't have baseball. So the whole Derek Jeter thing was not a huge thing until later on. But um, when I first heard this song, and I think it's partly to do with the colours, the colour palette of the album, colour palette of all the well, not my all, but everything up to this point, like Honey and the coloration of the videos and blah, blah, blah. But like, when you get to the roof, the way she describes everything, it's it's almost like you're there. Like, I've never been to New York, but I can picture myself on that rooftop and the glowing of the city, the, the, the busyness of the city below me, and yet you're alone with somebody having your own quiet moment there and then. And it it's so magic and you can... Obviously, I've related to it more as I've got older, but it's so relatable and it's so depicting of a, of a moment that you either are going to experience or you've seen on television or that you have experienced, whatever it might be. You can totally like attach it to a memory that you have in your mind, no matter where you've got it from. And then you've got the music video. And of course, those colours leak into that as well. Like it's um, a sort of like, not sunny, but there's a glow in the video of like a nighttime. So it could be a street lamp moment, it could, whatever it might be. And I feel like we'll probably say it about a lot of her songs, but this song is the perfect example, which is again, why you said it for the math, it was a great choice for the masterclass. It's a great, it's a perfect song that showcases not just her um, producing skills and the way that she can compose a, tr a song without actually being sat at a piano and doing it note by note, but also her storytelling and the way that she can tell the story with her vocals as well and add those layers as if it's not just happening, but later on it's going to be like a fleeting moment of nostalgia that's going to flow through your brain. I also love how there's like layers of the moment because it's not just that she was on the roof. There's that whole part about like last night I dreamed that I whispered the words that I love you and like that's my favorite part of the song, the bridge. The bridge is my favorite part of that song. And it like is a whole different part. It's a whole different moment. And I think that's her when she's home thinking about the song. But there's so many different thoughts and moments I feel that bleed through into the song. And it feels almost like a dream where you're like there and you're in the moment but you can tell that it's not real and because you're in more than one place. Does that make sense? It's like those moments, you know, when you, like, like I said earlier, like a bit, not like a holiday romance, but in those moments of a holiday romance, obviously you know it's going to end and you can say whatever you want in that moment. Obviously you're not going to say any heavy shit, but you're going to say some stuff like that's affectionate, not emotional, but affectionate. And there won't be any weight there. Do you know what I mean? So that's what I'm taking from what you're saying. I don't know if that's what you meant, but there's certain things that you can say without knowing 
where it's going to go. And then earlier, later on, you might be like, oh, I said that. And it's not, it's not regret, but you're like, I said that. I think what's really important about The Roof is Mariah explaining in the book that this song came straight to her right after leaving his apartment and being drunk on Moe and all those elements that she added to that song and how this song kind of created itself. And it was a manifestation of that night. And I think that's what really makes this song so good. And how we've pretty much been describing it up to this point, it's it's relatable on so many levels, like in the moment. Yeah, for sure, moment, for sure. It's, it's, and it could be like holiday romance stuff. It could be like proper like infatuation with somebody that you're kind of getting with. It could be like realization of true love or your first true love, you know, all those kind of like butterfly in the stomach kind of moments. And that's what makes the whole album so deep. Yeah, because every song is part of the butterfly. Like, like you just said, this is the butterflies in your stomach, but the butterfly is also so many different other things because her real life she she is coming out of her cocoon as well but each different part is a it's a moment it's a whole moon it's growth it's freedom it's 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 sort of like realization of someone's um who they are their person yeah the sound of this song is more r&b is more Aaliyah. And it's it's butterfly, the sound, everything that has to do with it is butterfly. I think a really another genius part of it is at least into the next song that I want to bring up, which is Fourth of July. Do you guys think that Fourth of July is about Derek? I think it has to be about Derek because Mariah was with nobody else during that time. And it's got that like underneath the stars vibe. One of those, another, to me, 4th of July is my favorite Mariah song. It is one of those storytelling songs that just walks you through and you get that imagery inside of your head as well as to what is going on in the song. The only reason why I would think it might not be is because in the roof, they're in the rain and they're feeling that vibe. They're here for it. And they're like, like that's a sexy mood for them. But in the 4th of July, the rain and the thunder is what comes in and like cuts the magic moment. So it just makes me wonder why, if it was like sexy in the roof, why did it cut the vibe in 4th of July? Yeah, it is. It is kind of weird because also there's so many different reports on when Mariah was with Derek because Mariah, it's the media reports is from 97 to 98, but Derek's saying that it's only for, they were only together for six months. And if they were only together for six months, then July is in the seventh month. And if they met in November, that that's where my mind is going right now is, could it have been because how would that have lasted? But he also says that they didn't start dating right away, that they had been talking for a few months. So 4th of July leads into breakdown, which I guess is, I don't know if that's about Derek. And I'm very conflicted about breakdown as well being about Derek. I think with 4th of July, it's one of those songs because she'd already written something similar. Underneath the Stars isn't necessarily about the 4th of July, but it is that sort of like, being alone with somebody and free with somebody and nobody else is around, you know, and you could write basically how she wrote The Roof and how she was feeling, whether the 4th of July is exactly about 
um, Derek Jeter, it doesn't really matter, but there's elements in there. She's clearly writing based on a particular feeling that she probably had during those moments of wanting to be with him and wanting to be alone with him. And she probably couldn't be at this time because everybody was watching her, you know, had to be certain select moments where they could run off. But it, it could be still that yearning. And then it could just be like a moment of nostalgia, you know. She could have just wrote it based on the 4th of July as a sequel to Underneath the Stars. Does that make sense? Yeah, because that it's a, to me, it's a sister song to Underneath the Stars. Yeah. But why would Mariah specifically write a song about the 4th of July? I feel like it's True. more of a brother. It's more of a brother, but that's okay. We don't, we don't know why the 4th of July. Maybe she'd been working on a song or ideas for a song or something towards that. And then the two came together. You, you can sort of, if you're feeling something and you've got another idea in your head, when you're writing lyrics, you can sort of like mesh the two together in a certain way without even realizing it. She could have started writing something about how she was feeling. It led into something she'd already written or it just went in that direction as she was writing it. Oh, imagine if we like the 4th of July, we ran. she could have been planning, oh, I'm going to be free on the 4th of July or we've got this on the 4th of July and then I'm alone for the rest of the weekend. I don't know what, date the 4th, what day the 4th of July fell on that year, but, you know, it could have been anything. You don't know what was going through her brain when she associated those two things. It was To me, on the Butterfly album, the love story in the album is Mile, The Roof, 4th of July. And they all kind of blend together because you have the roof with the rain and everything. And then it leads into the 4th of July with the birds chirping. Mm -hmm. And then it ends with the birds chirping, going into breakdown. And then the, and then that all stops. I do feel that breakdown is that kind of song. Like what I've said about the 4th of July, she's putting two things together. I mean, I don't know if like, there was any doubt here or if there was any back and forth of like, oh, should we, shouldn't we? And then she was like, worst case scenario, what's going on? Or, you know, this was like when her marriage was also like coming to an end. This was what we're led to believe, allegedly, that Tommy Mottola was the first person she slept with. But the lyrics, again, in Breakdown, very specific. This is something that she's feeling. So if it's something that she's actually feeling... It couldn't to- be about... It couldn't be about Tommy because she says, you called yesterday to basically say that you care for me, but you're just not in love. Tommy didn't do that. Mariah did that to Tommy. So I think think Breakdown is about Derek 100%. And I think it also ties into the beautiful ones. Like, I think that Breakdown is how she was feeling when, when they broke up. And then I feel like the beautiful ones is like the moment of them breaking up. Like the actual like I know it's a cover but it's saying in such a breakup way like the feeling is there for me and that's why I think I love the beautiful one so much is because it like feels like someone broke up like right next to me I think in a way she was she was probably going through a whole lot of emotions at this time you know she a divorce on her hands with this guy and then she was meeting this other guy there was a lot going on and she could have tied in what she'd said to Tommy or what she'd said to Derek and or what had been said to her from either one. And she could have wrapped it up in a certain way that made a song. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, because, you know, the part when she's like, um, so what do you do when somebody you're so devoted to suddenly just stops loving you? And it seems they have that, or they, that you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then she says, do you cling to your pride? Um, what what are the other aside. things? Do you push them aside and say, how dare you leave this way? What There's something about, do, do you sing, I will survive? There's a few different things that it's like yeah. she could be taking these from different moments she's had in her life as well. Yeah, so I feel like I, I feel like it's very much that. It's, it's not sp- specifically about one thing. It's about a lot of different things that are all going on in the head at the moment. All right. Well, all right. I think the next one probably would be Baby Doll. Yeah, I would definitely think that. Again, because of the storytelling, the details. There's a couple of others we could choose, I know, but like, I feel that they're put in a way to make it a Mariah record. Like whenever you call, for example, that song or a song similar had to happen for the album. We know Lead the Way was a a thing for butterfly but it didn't happen and um i think something like whenever you call that could be associated to anything because this is very much about a broader spectrum of people in your life emotional investment wait which song are we talking about i'm just going on to whenever you call um, okay i feel like whenever you call is like oh i needed a ballad for the album so like, yeah i think yeah. i think the exact same way because it, it was a collaboration with walter a one of her last ones with him so i think she was just trying to get one of those classic mariah carey ballads onto her album it could be inspired by Derek, but I just feel like it's one of those, like, to me, it's not my favorite on the Butterfly album. I must say that. It, it seems to me that it's almost like a music box song. Yeah, kinda. yeah. Or oh, Daydream, more specific. Yeah. It is very When I Saw You. Yes. It's it's huge, bigger than that. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. Well, I mean, um, vocally, yeah, but, like, it's very, like, cheesy in a very When I Saw You kind of way. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. It's one of my least favorites on Butterfly. I agree. I think it's my least. I think it's my least favorite. Baby Doll and this song are my least favorite. Oh my god! You crazy with Baby Doll? No, I'm not. I love every other song. So okay, I'm not calling you crazy because you don't like the beautiful ones. Okay, geez, like we we both love Butterfly. Okay, we both love Butterfly. But I think that it's an unpopular opinion to like the beautiful ones. Okay. I love the beautiful ones. No, to be fair, it's there's not a song. You. There's not a song I don't like on Butterfly. <laughs> no, there's not a song. Like, I mean, if I had to pick a song that I don't like on Butterfly, it would be the beautiful ones. But oh, I'd that pick is Fly good. Away. I what? I, I wouldn't pick yeah. Fly Away. I would pick probably. I don't think I could pick one, you guys. So y'all are doing that. See, I'm. I can't. I don't think I can pick one. I think Butterfly is a perfect album but i do have some least favorites just because like they're not my favorites but i don't think i could be like no i like fly away just for the record but it's just like doesn't take me anywhere it's nice for a punchy moment you know in that break moment after i think it's after a a ballad and right before another one or whatever but like it it's nice but like it doesn't take me anywhere like the rest of her song fly away comes right before the beautiful ones Okay. Like, yeah. Flyaway fades into the beautiful ones. But like it's the after end of- whenever you call, right? Or outside. Yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. after whenever you call. But like, I, I wouldn't skip anything on Butterfly. But if I had to pick something I, I liked the least, it probably would be Flyaway, just because it doesn't take me on that journey. But Baby I Doll. I love Flyaway. I can't believe that. Yeah, I can't either. But baby Doll, I think, 
it's very specific. You, you can feel like the rage in her. Even as the song builds and the crescendo comes, you know that she's singing about somebody. And I feel, I don't know if this is confirmed, but I feel that she is singing about Derek. Yeah, I definitely think it's a Derek song. And it could be something completely minimal in our minds or simple. It could be just misconstrued something or other. And someone's not text when they said they were going to... Text wasn't a thing in 97, I don't think. But like someone hasn't like messaged in any way or contacted. And it's all blown out of proportion because it's getting later and later. And she's had a, a couple of drinks or whatever. And uh, the mind is racing. And it's it's really great how her her craftsmanship in writing a song has put this together. You can, you can imagine her in that room. And again, it's that, it's that dim lit kind of like room, the yellowness, the, you know what I mean? Like all those honey kind of colors that the album gave us, the rage of it, like in a way, I can see her in there. And I, it kind of gives me like Crybaby. This is the prequel to Crybaby, but like, it's kind of like she's throwing things as well, even though she didn't say it. But like, I could imagine her being, I could imagine myself being angry in that hotel room being like, okay, what's going on? I imagine her like rocking back and forth, like on her bed. <laughs> no, I mean, like I imagine her like rolling around in her bed thinking about wishing Twitching. he was there. Like, Yeah, I get that no, same like Easter promo that she did all sprawled out in bed. Like, why the fuck are you not calling me? Yeah, she's in bed waiting for him to be there too. And I I was going to say, I don't like this song, I think, as much because I like Crybaby way more. I think Crybaby is a better song. And I I think that's why it's my least favorite on Butterflies, because I've got such a similar song on Rainbow that I love way more. I think Crybaby, and it's not because it is a single, I do feel it's more single worthy than Baby Doll. And I think that's why it resonates more so at this point i feel like baby doll for that kind of moment is everything like especially with the rest of the songs that we've just described like the storytelling and you can picture yourself you could be either picture her as like a movie moment or whatever or you can picture yourself in that moment like it whether you've been there or not you can you can completely relate to these lyrics i think this is a really good segue into the Rainbow album. Definitely. Because to me, after Butterfly, the Rainbow album is like the Derek Jeter breakup album. It literally starts off with Heartbreaker, which mm -hmm. I believe is about Derek Jeter as well. I do think that, but anyone who's listened to our Bashes and Mosca chat will know that apparently Tommy Mottola has some kind of charm. And I do feel that she does touch on that a little bit here and there. No, honey. No, I don't. Heartbreaker I don't think is there's... absolutely not about that girl. Bye. I'm not I'm sorry. Yeah. I feel like she's touching on certain things. May obviously, mainly it is about him, Derek Jeter, of course, um, because of what everything we've just discussed. It would be foolish to not see that. But I do feel like when you write lyrics, like things will come to you, and depending on how you're feeling, the music or the moment. And when you write it, you can write something, and at the end, you'll be like, "Fucking hell!" Like when you read it back, and you're like, "Where did that all come from?" And I feel like this with certain songs, probably not the songs we just discussed, but like I feel, and probably not so much heartbreaker, but I think there's elements there where that probably were underlying things that she were feeling about. Are how you saying I just keep? on coming back incessantly is that is that where we're getting that like what no, what specifically no, no, no. Like, are we feeling 
there's just bits like about the controlling of um, emotions there. And I feel like there's not like a, a specific lyric that says it, but I feel like she's like draws towards it a little bit more in the lyrics. And I feel like that might be aimed at him. It's obviously nothing too weighty, like, oh my God, like relinquish my love to you. But there's there's things like- Well, obviously know. Mariah feels that if this is about Derek, that Derek played her. I do have to run your game on me. I should have known- And we right know Derek her. was with Hecka, Hecka Ladies, honey. Who's Hecka that? Ladies? He Hecka Ladies. Lots of women. Oh, I thought that was like a Greek god or something. No, hella, hella ladies. He was with hella bitches. I'm so old. I'm not down with any of this lingo. And all of all of this lingo is very old school too. So you're you're extra old. But I'm English as well. I don't talk like this this like American stuff. Like I don't get this. It's okay. You don't have to. <laughs> but I feel like girl by is very obvious. Like it, I don't it's know just, that girl by like it's it's very face value what it means so boy your love's so good i don't want to let go and although i should i can't leave you alone because you're so disarming i'm ca caught up in the midst of you and i cannot resist at all okay no tommy i do feel there's elements i might be wrong i'm just we're, we're just speculating here anyway but like i do feel it's mainly about Derek jeter but there might be elements there towards the charm of what she's been used to if that makes sense. I think it is about him because Heartbreaker was written around the time that the Butterfly album was written. So to me, it just, to me, it is a Derek Jeter song. But going into the next song, I for sure knows about Derek Jeter is After Tonight because this is my all sister. She, she's non-binary, actually. After Tonight is uh, my all's non-binary sibling. Eh, After Tonight's all right. I like it. Yeah, after tonight, we, I feel like we talked about it on the rainbow one a little bit. Yeah. In terms of the yeah. song, like, I think we said it, yeah, like you said, it, it needed to be, a. I think it could have been a bit better with the vocals, because the vocals are there, the vocals are good. Um, There's just a bit of distortion on the last vocal, and I don't get why that was there, because they could have fixed it, they would have done a sound check. It's very, um, it's like the darker sibling of my all. It's kind of like, Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. You know what I mean? After tonight is like, okay, I've come back and it's happening again. Yeah, because she keeps on running back incessantly. Yeah. Who knows how many times that they hooked up after they broke up? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because there's many songs. I love, a, I love a sneaky link, honey. <laughs> <laughs> we heard. So Mariah's going back and she's getting played by Derek. But after they break up, after tonight, after they hook up, are they going to see each other again? You know what I'm saying? Right. No, I totally get that. And things like that. Well, like... also, I think it's more along the lines of, I give my all to have just one more night with you. After that night, will you still be there? And then I only want it is after that one night, like he didn't. Like it's it's three parts because it's a different part of the night. Yeah, right. And it's, yeah, it's kind of looking back like, well, you know, intentionally, I only wanted you to stay, but didn't what about the next song i think that the vulner vulnerability interlude is about derek as well i feel like that's um again like what i said about like elements of heartbreaker but i feel like this vulnerability i feel like it's it's more of a, um, an emotional state she's in with loved ones in her life but 
she's literally singing back the lyrics from Heartbreaker. Of course, but like she's she's been in a relationship with a guy. Oh, why? She's been in a relationship with a guy and then got with another guy, and yet she's ended up in the same situation. So I feel like it's more about this is where I'm now stood because of yeah. the choice. You know, the choices that people yeah. have made and I've made. You know, this is where I am. That's how I feel. Maybe I'm reading too. Much I think into that it, it like. I don't know. I think that it perfectly leads into Crybaby because at this point, she's talking about two guys in my eyes. She's talking about Luis Miguel being in her new friend's home and she's thinking about Derek. Yeah. She says um, he's clinging to me like Luis is clinging to her because he's head over heels, but it ain't that deep. To me, she's clearly still sprung over Derek during this time and thinking about him while she's with Luis. So to me, that is blatantly about him because to me, she's in this new relationship with Luis and he's just not stacking up to uh, that Derek Jeter dick. So she can't stop thinking about him and she's sprung on him and he'll never amount to what Derek was to her. No, 100%. There's this kind of like downplay on the, the new relationship I guess at this point, was Luis Miguel out the picture in reality? I think that Mariah knew from the jump, dating Luis, no guy's gonna ever really top Derek. Like, I think that she had a feeling, she had a vibe. She said, this motherfucker is the one, bitch. And it didn't work out. So she hooked up with that motherfucker from the sweetheart video. She got her dick. She got her little bliss moment. She got her together. She met Luis and it just wasn't the same. It wasn't it for her. So she was caught up thinking about her old man. And it it really be like that sometimes because um, remember um, Gareth in 2020 and early 2021 when I was all up, not really all up, but um, I kind of had a crybaby moment, right? <laughs> with the guy. The art guy? Uh, yeah, vaguely. Okay, so he was really... You you know we did the the guy when I was in the cookie review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh God, we try not to mention his name. Sorry. Yes, totally remember him. Oh, my God. Girl. So I... <laughs> oh, my God. Basically, <laughs> it was a total crybaby moment because, like, I had this very, very fire like fling relationship it was fleeting it only it was less than a year but it was very much a world it was very much a whirlwind whirlwind relationship and I got dumped in early 2020 and then at the end of 2020 this other guy comes along who's like very interested very much like trying to do all that and I'm like not feeling it not having it and I know and I knew from the beginning it wasn't going to be that relationship or that thing that I was like searching for or feeling. And I knew it wasn't and it just wasn't. So everybody, was everybody knew it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Bless him. But like when you went in for your surgery he and I was like, I think we were editing like the treacle episode. And I was like, I was like, is she all right? Is she okay? And he was like, yeah, she's just got... And he gave me updates, like, every so often, like, you were having, like, you're in intensive care or something. And I was just like, okay, she's she's having breast replacement. Like, she's going to be okay, I know. <laughs> but I remember yeah. when you came out of hospital and everything, and you were like, I think he's a bottom. 
I do. I did say that. I fucking said that because I was like, I feel like this guy's on the DL. Like, it's just very much like expecting me to be like super. Like, I just knew that he wanted me to like have my guard down from jump and be very swept up. And that that sort of relationship happens very organically. It's something that both people like really had to feel. And it really was not what was going on for me. And it just right. wasn't it. And it's so, spontaneous. You can't be like, this is the girl I'm going to do it for. Like, it has to be a thing that just clicks into place for both people. Right. And I was in a place of very much like my guard is up. I'm taking my time. It's 2020. There's a pandemic. We can't fucking go and do anything. Like, what the fuck are you trying to do? So, like, yeah. Basically, I very... you were on the rebound like Mariah was with Louise. Yes. <laughs> It was very much a re that was the first and only rebound I think I've ever had. I think, I think, and it was not it. And I was like, I, I very much had the feeling of, well, this guy, like I should be into him. Like we have a lot of the same interests. Like he's cool. He's very nice to me. We have a lot of things in common. He's kind and he's kind of cute. And you know, it works. Like, it sounds great on paper. I should totally be into it, but it just wasn't, it wasn't it. It didn't happen and it wasn't for me. So I think that's what was going on. And I was up late at night thinking about the the other one at 5 a.m. Still couldn't sleep. You know, I was going through it and it wasn't the cure-all for that situation, pretty much. And you were probably thinking which is a good segue into the next one that I think is about Derek Jeter was, did I do that? Really? You were thinking- literally, literally, I was like, did I do that? Because, girl, I was like, um, I, I think I broke up with him the day after Valentine's Day. Um, it was quite it was close. Bad. I've done that before to somebody, and it was the day after our granddad's funeral. It was my last heterosexual relationship. And um, she had a granddad's funeral on the Friday. I broke up with her. It was Valentine's Day on Saturday, Saturday? Can't remember now. And yeah, and the next day I was just like, yeah, we're done. Yeah, basically I was just like trying to hold it together until like after I had my dog. He took me to get the dog. (laughs) (laughs) He took me to very far away in Michigan to get the dog. And then also like it was like the day before Valentine's Day we got the dog. So I was like, well, I can't like just break up with him like right now. But like it was obvious that it wasn't it. And I was very much like, did I do that? Like why? I was During it, I was like, why am I doing that? <laughs> like it was. Are you it still was, friends with him? He was just very much like trying to reach out to me a lot after the fact as well. And I was like, yeah, I'm really not here for that. Like, I'm, I really wasn't. And I think yeah. he moved to Florida and is like very much happy in like Disney World and Universal Studios, like playing around. Yeah. But it was, it, he, he really checked a lot of boxes, like on paper, like not that I have boxes, but like it was just like, Okay, like I was t- try. I kept trying to convince myself, which is never a good That's thing. Not like a if good you're like, thing. yeah, if you're trying to convince yourself, like, oh yeah, this should work, right? Like, no, it was 
And I kept on having, did I do that moments all throughout? Well, you see, to me, like, did I do that? I automatically go to Tommy because it's so blameful. You were so insecure and your crew was so immature. Conversations painfully weak. You were much better off when you didn't speak. This is definitely not Derek. This could be mainly Tommy, but it could also be. But that's very jockey, very jockey, like you're a bonehead jock. So yeah, I always felt like this song was more like blameful towards the social aspect or the communication aspect of Tommy or Lewis or Luis or whatever whatever you want to call him. I've never really associated the song with Derek Jeter. I hadn't either until recently when I was trying to do research for this. But if you kind of listen to the lyrics, don't you know that you seem just a, lady, a little crazy? I trust and intimacy, but you threw it away, just threw it away. If that was about Tommy, Mariah threw that away, not Tommy. But in a way, he did throw it away when he was like trying to imprison her. Like, like what if you if that was me, I'd be like, what is this? Like your intimacy means nothing to me now because everything feels so redundant. I'm not your property. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> uh, but I know I t- I I I totally get in a way i think it's i think it's a Derek jeter song but i do too because because she's saying you get caught up in the high and do things you would never do i guess i guess that could relate to tommy but the the no i don't think she i don't think she lost her mind for tommy like i think she really got she got swept up in Derek. have either of you ever been in a whirlwind relationship yes like it was like you really felt that like almost from the beginning like if not from the beginning and it yeah. was like it really happened fast and it was like pow and you really felt like that was it and like it ha- it's really crazy feeling like that is a vibe that is a yeah. vibe i do not see that with with tommy it's just not no 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 I think the standout lyric in this song that makes me think that it's Derek and not Tommy, because I don't think the song is about Tommy, is you threw it away, just threw it away. Mariah threw it away, not Tommy. Like, but that's really... Mariah was at a point where she couldn't deal with it anymore. So in a way, he still threw it away by treating her like an object as opposed to his wife. She was the franchise, you know what I mean? But then, I, I, I totally get what you're saying, though. But... Tommy didn't throw her away. Tommy was grasping for straws to keep her up until the very last second. But um, in terms of a relationship, that was all gone because how he was dealing with her was not the way a relationship should be dealt with or how a relationship should grow and develop. It's completely the wrong way. If you start like controlling people and manipulating people and controlling, I think you just said controlling, but controlling people then of course the other person's going to retaliate. <laughs> I don't think there is, but there could be elements of like a relationships with her family. Like, you know, your crew was so immature, conversations painfully weak, you were much better off when you didn't speak. Like, you know, her, we all know her brother did a, helped fund her demo for her. And she probably just thought, yeah, okay, great. And at this point she probably thought, okay, well, you've done your bit, off you go. Like for me, you know, those are the songs on the album that, talk about that but like it could be a complete amalgamation of things but i totally get where you're coming from that i've never seen it as a derek jeter song as i've learned about derek jeter you know what i mean to me the whole rainbow album is her going from 
Derek to Louise. And then there's also that like sprinkling of fuck the label as well. But like it's mostly I'm going from the heartbreaker to the thank God I found you. And I want to bring up this point as well. This is like one of the last like to me Derek Jeter songs because we only get like nostalgic songs going forward with this but if she was talking about Tommy she would have totally contradicted herself because in pedal she says I really loved you Valentine so I don't think that she would say did I do that but I really loved you when she's saying in this song what the fuck was I thinking does that make sense I think her saying did I do that is her being like oh my god I was so caught up so obsessed so in love literally had no idea who the fuck I was like I don't think she got that with Tommy that just I don't think that happened all right let's move forward let's move over to the glitter album I only think there's one song on the glitter album and there's a cute one that somebody brought up on reddit is it lead the way or if we lead the way lead the way because lead the way was recorded and written during the butterfly era it was it's literally her last Walter A song. It could go back in that same category as um, Whenever You Call to be mm-hmm. one of the big, cheesy Mariah ballads. But How would you guys feel if Lead the Way was the ballad on Butterfly instead of Whenever You Call? Do you think that would fit? No. I can't. In my head, I can't see it fitting on that. Just because I'm so used to it being on Glitter that I couldn't. Okay. I couldn't, no. But, just but wondering, if- just curious. If we got it, it could have been a nice sort of like calm down of the album because I do feel like it's not as, the notes are long, but they're not as big as whatever you call. But that's why I said it early, you know, like at that point, it could have been either one. I don't think you can replace anything on Butterfly. I don't think it was the last song she wrote with him for the album. It could have been an early sort of writing moment and they were like playing around and then eventually it became a a recording and it was like okay it's for it's for butterfly maybe it was taken off at the last minute i don't know that's that's just my mind processing it i kind of want to like put it in the same box as whenever you call that it was just a walter a song that but it could have referenced him referenced derek or been inspired by derek if we move closer and let it take over then love will lead the way. But that is a very cheesy lyric, very Walter A-esque. But that's why I feel like it was probably written earlier on, in yeah. between, probably, Daydream was probably done and dusted, but like, you know, that there's a part in the book where she said she had to start writing for her, her next album. And I think it was probably then, you know, and she was probably working with Walter F and SCF and she was like, they were like playing around with some ideas and they probably did complete this song and it was just there. Okay, that's on Butterfly. And then as Butterfly started to like completely emerge from its cocoon, so to speak, and it became like a full on album and they start to put tracks together and stuff. And it's like, this is on, this is on, this is on. Whatever you call is the perfect fit if you compare the two. That And the, they're the only two songs that are similar to each other. Yeah. As, I know we're going back a little bit, but as Butterfly progresses, like, there's a development. So I, you can totally see why Lead the Way would not fit. Um, but I do I do think it's probably about Derek Jeter, and I think it was more of a rebellious thing for her to put it on this album because Walter Afanasiev was not working with her as much at this point due to, well, allegedly due to, to Tommy's control. And so she probably thought, 
fuck that. Yeah, I think that I think that Walter was there during the knife incident. And I think he didn't stand up for Mariah. That's what I think happened. She doesn't mention it in the book, but that's what I think happened, allegedly. I wanted to bring up this as well. Uh, this I know it's not about Derek, but it's kind of cute. It could be about her, uh, about him. And that's why she chose this song. But And I know this is a reach, so just kind of bear with me. Okay. Last night a DJ saved my life because DJ as in Derek Jeter. And that's why she chose this song to redo for Glitter. Well, what you're saying is fine because there's there's a bit of a backup to what you're saying because she was working on all that glitters probably after Butterfly and the number ones. And probably the number ones was a good way for her to work on something else to get it up and running. You know, we all, we've all heard, allegedly, that instead of Rainbow, it was supposed to be the All The Glitters project. And last night, a DJ saved my life would have been a perfect moment at that point. Of course, we're going to put that on the next album. Yes, I'm feeling that. It's it's a hop towards his name, like we got with the Honey remix. They don't even play Last Night, A DJ Saved My Life in the movie, right? They do. No, not at all. Not her version, no. but they do play it. No, they don't. Yes, they do. Do they? The intro, yeah. It's like, it's not that long. It's like a few seconds and it goes, it's before, or as, um, what's his name? Dice Max Beasley goes around with the microphone. It's like, don't, 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 don't. Oh, you're right. They do, they do. Yeah. There's, it's just, it's like the instrumental in the back. It's like hardly there, to be fair. I don't remember. Yeah, you'll know when you, now, well, I don't know. I don't know if you would. If you went back and watched it tonight, you probably would. It's like blinking, you'll miss it kind of thing. It's not that yeah. long. It's while they're in the club and it's kind of like background music. Yeah, it's like a transition for her, from her performing, didn't mean to turn you on or whatever it is. And then before he goes around with the microphone, it's like literally that. It's a bridge. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just wanted to point that out because I somebody pointed that out on Reddit and I was like, I have never thought about that, but that's that could be like a little bit of a Mariah conspiracy. Yeah, but DJ aside, or including like when you look at the timeline of the, all the glitters whole whole thing, it lines up. It, it lines, lines up. up. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was really cute. But who knows? I didn't, and that's the thing I love about Mariah is you don't realize these things, and you always learn more things as you go. No matter how long you've been a land, you're just like, oh, why didn't I think of that before? I never thought of that before until you pointed it out, actually. It's crazy to think about, but it does. It lines up in that timeline. Yeah. And as we go forward with this episode, we learn there's things that do pop up. So it, it's, yeah. a, it's a good point. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I have to say about glitter. So going on to Charm Bracelet, there's only... I, I would say there's only three songs on Charm Bracelet and one that we brought up earlier, which was I Only Wanted, Gia's favorite with the water drop in the trilogy. <laughs> I, do, I do not like that boink, boink, boink. That water drop is very <laughs> annoying. Like I would love a version or a remix release. Oh my gosh. What if there was a water droplet remix? That would be so funny. Well, you, as, you're, as you're saying that, you sound like you're in the bathroom right now. So what are you doing? I'm playing with my Titanic model. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm literally playing with my Titanic model. Okay, are you in the but, bath? But I, if you think about it, I think the water drop harps back to the other two songs, My All and 
um, after tonight because in the Mayall video, she's in the water. And after tonight, you have that ocean sound coming in and out. So yeah, then you have the water droplet with I only wanted. Does and that make sense? There's the guitar as well. It's kind of like, yeah, no pun intended, but strings the songs together. Exactly. So yeah. they're all kind of connected. So to me, I 100% believe that I only wanted is about yeah. Derek. That's not an accident. <laughs> yeah. Linger and mean the words you say. This is my first time as a lamb. I was noticing these things and I'm, I was like, damn, right. is really sprung on Wait, Derek. when does Mariah say that's not an accident? I know you got that from her. Wait, when does she say that? She, she says it on Carpool Karaoke when. Um, oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, when he turns on the radio and it's like, always be my baby. And she's like, I'm but not singing today. She's like, shoot it out, though. <laughs> but in Charm Bracelet, I feel like it's really evident that these three songs are, I don't know if you guys have any songs, but I feel like they're, these are 100% about Derek Jeter. Okay. I think, I think that Lullaby and Subtle Invitation. Exactly. And, and I Only Wanted, and You Had Your Chance. Yes. You I, had don't, your I don't know. You but had why your would chance, you think that 100%. you had your chance would be one? Because that's how I feel. Because th there's a moment when he comes back into the picture and she's like, no, I'm good. And then that that's also, I think there's also a song on Emancipation. And I think Stay the Night is a Derek song as well. Okay. We'll get there. We'll get there. But definitely, you had your chance. Well, it, it's been a while since I looked into your eyes, never dreamed I'd see tonight. Well, it's interesting that I just don't feel a thing for the so-called love of my life. We used to Period. Love of her life. Love of her life. If that was about Derek, then why would she say unsettled invitation? If you really need me, baby, just reach out and touch. Because you know I, I mean? think she's conflicted about him. Because she's questioning. She's questioning. Like, clearly somebody has gone up to her and approached her. And she's like, oh, now you want to know? It's like, well, you had your chance. Then she's bumped into his family in Lullaby. And then it's just like, well, you know what? And that's consistent with the book. Yeah. Hey, how's your family? Please say hello for me. That's in the book. And it's like, we have some history. So you know what? Just reach out. Anytime you need a friend, I'll be there. Which harps back to his favorite song, Anytime exactly. You Need a Exactly. And I nearly brought it up earlier, but I thought, no, because maybe there's a bigger source. Because that's where I feel like everyone ran with it. Like, he mentions Anytime You Need a Friend as a song, and she says it in Subtle Invitation, but is that his favorite song? Might not mean it's his favorite song, but it does work. But that's the same thing with Last Night A DJ Saved My Life. If you string bits together, it like, ah, it works. But... Is that in the book? That's why I wanted to hear what was in the book. And I'm not within reach of the book. So, but I... with Lullaby, I feel like they hooked up again. Because that song's a really sexy song. And the lyrics of the song are just very, like, sexy. And she takes the melody from the roof at the end. You know, you know. well, I feel like it has a bit of a, a roof moment throughout. Very subtly, like in the way it's sung. But you know what the song is? I feel it's enticing. It's very, it's my favorite song on Charm Bracelet. It's same. After, after. It's one of my favorite Mariah songs, period. Which, again, all these Derek Jeter songs are like my favorites from Mariah. Thank God for Derek, because... These are the most poignant songs. She really had, she, she was really sprung on Derek. I mean, you, yeah, you can take your hero and blah, blah, blah. But these are the most poignant songs. Like we've said throughout this whole episode that these songs have some 
relativity, if they resonate, like we are all like coming towards these songs and these throughout the Lamely and as they re-emerge for like Masterclass and whatnot, you know, these are the songs that people are like clinging on to because they're the favorite songs. It, and that's it's, it's a good reason because of the way it's written it comes from somewhere yeah her other songs before that weren't coming from a real place so i feel like they're coming from a place of escapism and then this yeah. is coming from a place of reliving. reality yes yeah the reason i feel like they both hooked up again is because the lyrics and lullaby she's saying guess we uh guess we both grown up a bit but I have to admit, it really still feels good here by your side. So evidently, they met again, and she's saying, sitting right next to you, just like I used to do, you know, we can't deny no one else in our lives holds a candle to you and I. I should just hug you, but I should just hug you goodbye, but I can't walk away from paradise. So I guess I'll just sing you that sweet lullaby, which, what was the song? Love Takes Time. Love Takes Time which is the lullaby that she used to sing to him all the time. I wonder how she right, sang crazy. it. I wonder if she sang it in like a deeper tone or a high. No, I think she sang it in a, like a love like a softer mm. moment. And she also says, again, all by herself, so familiar you know that it actually almost feels like deja vu of that night on the roof. Exactly. We kiss under the sky, under the city lights, a sudden flashback to so long ago and the dark all alone with our bodies this close. Guess some things never change because I still melt away when you touch me and say my name. <laughs> so yeah. I think they hooked up again. Ooh. Oh, they met at the yeah, same they event. Hooked up again, they hooked up again listening to Long Ago and Melt Away on the Daydream album. <laughs> <laughs> she bumped into him in central park and she's like what are you listening to it is oh no because it's a sudden flashback to so long ago and i still melt away yeah but there's also that bit she spoke about like how was it his family liked her she said this in the book oh she liked his family and she's like how's your family please say hello for me because we know and mariah said it publicly that she loved his family and they mm. loved her so this this song screams, I mean, it screams the roof, but now we know more and we now know what we know. It screams like a sequel and that there was more to what we originally knew. Like there's, there, there must have been something. It might have been just like there was some kind of connection, but it might not have been a hookup. And she was probably hoping, again, it could have been like a dream sequence that she wrote this song from. But these songs make it such a, as we go forward with it, it makes it such a shame that nothing came from it. Even if it was just like a relationship that didn't last. But, you know, I, I, I wish that they'd have had their full on moment to give it a go. Yeah, because she does heart back and subtle invitation. If you really need me, baby, just reach out and touch me. Like she's saying, I'm here. Yeah. I'll drop everything for you. I'm waiting, and it's a shame. I feel bad for Mariah, but these are the best songs on the album. Yeah, I do feel, and we mentioned it earlier about her earlier work, not um, some of her songs, like they had some kind of like lyrical meaning, but it, it came from more of a like unrealistic place. It was more of like a dream sequence to like write the songs or whatever it was that we said. And I do feel like You Got Me could have been written with him in mind, but I do feel like You Got Me doesn't have too much weight in there. 
and I feel like it's there, but it's very subtle. But yeah, I don't want to dwell too much on that. I just felt like you got me has moments that could be towards uh, Derek, but it's again, it's not a heavy song. It's not a deep song. It's a a fun moment for the album. So. To me, uh, you got me. I don't like that song, so I don't feel like it's towards Derek. <laughs> Just because I don't have that. any kind of connection to it, so I don't really ever listen to that song. And all the songs that I really love are about Derek, so, but it could be about Derek. I mean, it's about her connection, but I totally get what you're saying. Like we've, like we keep saying, we've resonated with these songs. So, like, if we're not resonated with this song or the song that resonates with us, then of course maybe it isn't. But I do feel it is just it's written. She was probably given a track and she she delved into something to write the song and it just became that. But I do feel that there's elements there, but it's not as deep as the other songs. Well, I don't think I have oh. anything further to say about Charm Bracelet. I do agree that these are the best songs on the album, except I will add Irresistible. I love Irresistible. Oh, I love Irresistible. And yeah, I love Irresistible too. And then... um, Yeah, this leads us into the emancipation of Mimi. There's a lot of rhetoric online about it's like that being about Derek, but I don't really get a connection the other mu- than the music video the music videos the music videos are harping back to Derek from her being with Tommy and leaving the old man because they have the old man in the video and she runs off to Derek into the we belong together video but that's what I think me- the whole emancipation is is her saying like she's capital she's cap one she's capitalizing on the butterfly era with the emancipation she 100 is doing that then two she's also saying tommy i can do this without you that's also what she's saying so she's basically emancipating herself from the whole tommy created me i'm only successful because of him because of the whole you know, he tried to tear her down glitter situation. So I think that the emancipation of Mimi, I wouldn't call it butterfly part two, but the era is like a second butterfly era. I don't feel like it's a second butterfly era at all. I think the emancipation of Mimi stands in its own on its own pedestal. It's totally different than anything that she's ever done, but we're not really reviewing the emancipation of Mimi. Yeah, no, I don't think the album is like a second butterfly, but I think the era is like if I, I feel like say she that was more was emancipated second... in the butterfly era. Like that's how I feel. So I don't oh, think she was course. like really she was really emancipated yeah. in that in that era. Yeah, but so they I did th- stop promoting her records eventually the same way and whereas when she joined Def Jam they were a lot more as she said like cooler then and they they promoted I mean pretty much just for this album I feel but like they they did fucking promote the crap out of this but we belong together I believe is about Derek yeah but again like and I don't want to ruin anyone's dreams or say anything like this, like, gonna, like, I do for there's elements here. Like, she said, I, did, I didn't I did mean when I, t- and I said I didn't love you so. I should have held on tight. I, sh- I never should have let you go. Like, there's moments that where she's, like, incorporated things. I feel like she initiated the end of her and Tommy. Very small. I think, I feel like she's with, she's drawn things. But I feel like mainly the main body of this song is all about her relationship with Derek. When you left, I lost a part of me. Yeah. It's still so hard to believe. Come back, baby, please, because we belong together. And 
there's a lot of songs where, especially like in Lullaby and Subtle Invitation, she's, she's saying like, come back, come back, come back, yeah. come back. We belong again, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't really think there's much more to say, really. I mean, it clearly is yeah, but, about him. I think that leads us into mine again. Maybe you can be mine again. I don't know if this is about Derek. I assume it's about Derek. Yeah. I, I think it is. Yeah. Again, I, I took things. Like I'm accountable for what went bad. Um, and I mean that, like, I don't get where that lies with Derek. That could just be completely made up. She said before, like, you know, we write things that aren't necessarily like true to our lives and whatnot. But I feel like her, some of her best work is when we feel it's about stuff that's true to her life or what we're led to believe. Obviously, I'm sure there's loads of songs that are true to her life that hasn't really resonated as much as these songs. But like, mine again, I feel really resonates. And I I do get elements of Tommy, but I don't think it's anything to do with him as a person when I say this. It's more to do with like, just how the relationship ended or how the relationship went and the direction it went in. That's all. I don't know why you think all these songs are about Tommy. Do you want them to be back together? Yeah, I don't. I, I could never, in my mind, imagine Mariah being like, "I'm accountable for what went bad," and I mean that. And I never said that either. If you listen, I'm just trying to say that she's drawing elements from certain moments and situations of her life in order to write a song and wrapping it around other things that are the main body. Mariah cannot be take hold herself accountable for what went bad in that relationship with her and Tommy. I just said it, like, she's not specifically saying you're to blame or I'm to blame or I want to be with you or I wish this hadn't have happened because I could still be with you. She's just talking about certain elements of the way it sort of, like, went in different directions for them both. And that's how I feel. Like, she's with, she's drawing those experiences for herself, for her songwriting. But but the deeper things in these songs are mainly about Derek Jeter. Okay. That, that's just where I'm coming from. Like, I'm not saying, oh, this is definitely about Tommy. Because, I feel like, like you're trying to make Tommy happen. No. <laughs> exactly. No. I think this is a good, this is a good segue into the next song, which is Don't Forget About Us. And I hope you don't think that this is about Tommy Matola. No, what about Stay the Night? I won't Stay the Night. Uh, and I, I don't never... think Stay the Night. I never really thought about Stay the Night. Why do you think Stay the Night? Because it's giving me very much like the moment where he comes back, like you had your chance, but like you keep saying Stay the Night. And then there's the line, um, and I don't want to fall back in and get caught up in you again. And there's the whole part about like how he's in a relationship, right? Like there's there's some things in Stay the Night that give me Derek Jeter vibes for sure. Because he's like a total ladies man. Yeah, I can see that. I I totally get like that whole thing from this song. Yeah, it's it's not too deep. But again, like what I've said before, like I think she's drawing on experiences from what's happened and she's using it to write this song. But one one thing I will say is we're missing, we are missing a song. Are you guys talking about Candy Bling? Circles. Candy Bling is not about Derek Jeter, but Circles. Yes, it is. Are you kidding me? It's, no. no, it's about Candy Bling is about uh, Nick because no, when it's he, not. Yes, it is because when anklets, no, because, no anklets and nameplates that you gave to me—that's a okay, fucking when, line in the book. Derek gave her the anklet with her name on it. 
You okay, guys well, are when, and it sounds like the roof. You guys are okay, okay, girl. When Nick Okay, well, can you let me talk? Because when Nick proposed to Mariah, he proposed to her with a candy ring. I know I know that a lot of people think that. I know no, that. No, it's true. But, it happened. No, I know that he proposed to her with the ring pop, but I know that a lot of people think that because of the title. But I don't I don't think that. I think it's a Derek Jeter song. If you listen closely in the lyrics, it's a very old school things. She's talking like very young. Maybe it's about Nick, but I don't think so. It gives me a very the roof sounding vibe. It's very layered like the roof. So yeah. And the anklets, like I don't, it, I, it's, I don't get it. At book. All. You gotta read the book. It's there's a line in there that's specifically so. Derek Jeter. Circles. I think we should go into because I I definitely feel Circles is about Derek Jeter. Again, it's a lighthearted moment. It's not too deep. It's not going too um, hard into like, oh, this moment and describing that one particular moment. It borders on a bit of like secret love territory, like Saturday I saw you hold your hands with someone new. But like, I feel it sort of like encapsulates an emotional sort of like upset, um, having a typical emotional upset, so to speak. But to um, me, also, it reminds me of like, she's running around in circles, like she keeps going back in her head about it. And it kind of goes like how she keeps referencing him on every fucking song, you know, like she can't get him out. Like he is that that boy, like, you know. Yeah, but to me, after the emancipation of Mimi, until she met Nick, she kind of really stopped referencing him. No, I think she, I Stay in Love is about Derek Jeter as well. It's very We Belong Together. I think the Candy Bling is about Derek Jeter. Did we talk I about don't think her? Candy Bling is about Derek Jeter. Did we talk about Don't Forget About Us? No. Don't Forget About Us. How do we feel about that? I mean, obviously there's elements. The title is obviously a big giveaway. I don't know. Again, I don't want to draw on too much of it, but I feel like she's kind of like trying to remind everybody who's ever like been invested in her on an emotional level, like exactly what Mariah Carey is as a partner, you know, especially that bridge. I don't even know the lyrics where she's like, God, you my head up messed up now. That's the trickery. But I do feel like it's mainly aimed at Derek Jeter. Well, it is We Belong Together part two. It, well, it's a carbon copy of We Belong Together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a very well done carbon copy. Well, yeah, because it's the carbon copy. <laughs> and she also says in the song, I'm just speaking from experience. Nothing can compare to your first true love. And Mariah's literally said that Derek yeah. was her first true love. True. So it has to be about him. They say that you're in a new relationship, but we both know that nothing comes close to what we had. It perseveres. We don't know if it's one-sided or both-sided, but like, yeah, I feel like it's one-sided, but either way, it made a good song. It made good lyrics and it was another number one for her. So I don't, I don't really know how much deeper we can go into it. I do feel like, yes, it's a nice reminder. It's very much along the same lines of you had your chance though. It's, it's very much, okay, this is Derek Jeter, but it's not too deep. Yeah. The only really like 100% thing that it could be about him is her saying nothing can compare to your first true yeah. love. But it's a nice bop. I know it's supposed to be a ballad, but it's not as it's not as balladry as We Belong Together, even though, like I said, it is a carbon copy. But like, it's a bit more boppy. I think it's more like steering towards breakdown than it is We Belong Together. Yeah. Uh, it's not my favorite Mariah number one by any means. 
No, I remember when I first heard it, I was like, oh, okay. I remember everybody at the time was like, have you heard it? Have you heard it? It's really good. It's really good. And I don't even know what chart position it did here. It didn't do that great. I think it was like 11. I might be wrong. But yeah, it was it was quite low in consideration to the rest of the singles. We can move on to equals MC squared. Do we feel that she's still talking about Derek Jeter at this point? I think this is the very last album that she talks about Derek Jeter because I know that Gia thinks Candy Bling is about him, but I don't think it's about him in any way. I think that Candy Bling is the last song that she references it. I Stay in Love is about Derek Jeter as well. It's very We Belong Together. I think the Candy Bling is about Derek Jeter because it's back in the day. It's not current to where she's at right now. I know that I feel like she's disguising it with like the... The high school. The, the No, the like the candy... Like I get that the ring, the candy pop ring, ring pop, is very like an obvious like oh that's what it's about moment but i don't think she was like very much inspired musically by her relationship with nick i don't feel that way i completely disagree because when nick came into the picture her whole entire sound changed yeah just like it did with Derek. Okay, and but, no, but also you're, you say that E equals MC squared has Nick Cannon sound, but they didn't get together until after the album was out. And then also you say that um, Memoirs has Nick Cannon sound, but it's completely produced by The Dream. So the, I feel like there's reasons why it sounds like the Nick when I Cannon say it's sound. Like the next, when I say it's the Nick Cannon sound, it's just like, it's just like really cheesy to me, like just whatever to me. But I don't think that E equals has the Nick Cannon sound. I call it the Nick Cannon era, but not the Nick Cannon sound. I think, I think with E equals MC squared, she wasn't with Nick Cannon at this point, but there was some kind of like communication. So I think that some of the songs mainly the songs were probably written from a place where we'd got the songs we've been talking about so far. So I think that Love Story was written from a place thinking about some kind of love interest like she'd had with um, Derek Jeter, but it was wrapped up in a kind of like juvenile setting. So two young people who whose lives were changed and, you know, there were being influenced by other people talking in their ear and whatnot, uh, but nothing could break it or whatever. But like, that's not what they were. It was a diff. I mean, it was similar, like it could be broken and it did fizzle out, but for different reasons. So she's used it as like a main body, but like she's wrapped it up in a different kind of like storyline. For the record, yes, because that's kind of like a bitter bite back. Like, just so you know, like when you let me go, he wasn't thinking and all this other stuff. Like she referenced a few songs in for yeah, the record. Yeah. Um, for the record, she references most of the Derek Jeter song. She says, for the record, you'll always be a part of me no matter what you do. For the record, can't nobody say I didn't give my all to you. For the record, I told you underneath the stars that you belong to me. For the record, it's obvious that we can't lo- can't let go of us, honey. Well, there's only two. Uh, yeah, that's, honey- only two, that's only two songs, Honey and My All. 
But in a way, she's already wrapping it up in something else. So she has to pick some of those other songs. But they're, they're, still, they're still there. She could have added a couple more to make it a bit more obvious to him. Because we didn't fully 100% know this at this point. I knew the first time I heard this song, it was about Derek Jeter. I, I still didn't know who... I don't know. I didn't know who he was still in like 2008. Didn't know who he was. I'd heard his name and knew he was like a love interest of hers. But didn't know the depth of him, like of their relationship. I, well, I was a lamb during the Derek J- Jeter era, so I remember it very well. Yeah, I was sort of like I was a fan, but I didn't really know the ins and outs. I didn't jump on until Rainbow prop folly. So, but like I said, we don't have Derek Jeter's not celebrity over here. He's not. We don't have baseball, so we just know him as a name. But um, it it could be like that. It, I think I feel like the the Derek Jeterness of the song is as much involved as it is in those song references. You know what I mean? Like, it's only referenced twice. So it's not a huge part, but it is still there. I feel like OOC has a similar approach to her relationship with Derek Jeter as what it does with Heartbreaker. So, you know, love so good, I don't want to let go. I do feel like there's playful lyrics there in terms of like, being, well, basically being out of control and getting your heart broken later on. Um, yeah, she does say... Baby, no matter how long it be, we never lose that chemistry. And it's the strongest thing I've ever experienced. So sorry, whatever happened to empathy. I know you motherfuckers feel like me when you're messing with that one true lover that makes you OOC. Exactly. Um, So she does reference one true lover again. And in terms of the heartbreak lyrics, it's wrong, I admit it. Your love's so addictive that I get OOC. I know she's not referencing Heartbreaker, but the thing that you love so good, I don't want to let go. Relinquish my love to you. There's all this like returning and like her being the weaker party and ended up in the same situation. I don't think I have a lot to add about the E equals MC Square songs. Um, I feel like I need to listen to the album more, but yeah, I don't think it ends there. I think it ends on memoirs. I don't at all. I think, I think that E equals the last time she really blatantly references Derek at all, because then she was in this relationship with Nick Cannon, which that whole album was conceived while she was in that relationship. And I never got any other reference to Derek, or yeah, to Derek at all after E equals. There isn't really anything that resonates as Derek on memoirs, really. I mean, there's bits here and there, but it's really like minor. I feel like it's sort of filtered out as we go on. I mean, Gia, I think you said I Stay in Love could be about Derek, and I think that's just sort of like returning to that. But that's on E equals. Yeah, I know, but like, we didn't mention it before, but like, I think that's just returning to that moment to to write a song with what she's good at doing. You know, I'll write a heartbreak song, I'll return to that moment. And I feel like we get little bits of that on memoirs. Like, for example, Candy Bling is... It's clearly trying to write something about Nick Cannon's proposal, but in a way, like... I don't think it is. I don't think that at all. But, like... I mean, it may be about her because she's saying, back in the day, we were in love, we're not in love anymore, but wouldn't that be shady as fuck and she talks for about her to driving, do that? She talks about driving in the drop top, and she used to have the red convertible, and she rode around, she talks about in the book, riding around with Derek, and it's talking about back in the day, um, and, like, we would, 
like they would do really child like things i feel i get way more of a Derek vibe because it sounds like the song sounds like the roof to me again so i don't get a nick cannon vibe i feel like she tried to write it around the ring pop thing ring she pop. never references that in the song to me she does like no she doesn't yeah she does no she says like sweet toss ring pops that she gave to me i think it's a mix then because I think she's trying to hide that it's about Derek by saying that. Because everything else, I don't get a, a Nick Cannon by him. And then in the background, she says, Candy Bling. Like, other than that, I don't. She references the ring pop one time. We have, I still remember that Hazy September, we wait for somebody like you to come back around. So in a way, it's kind of like already. That's saying... very the roof. Yeah, it's kind of already like saying like, it does rely mainly on that same kind of like songwriting structure of the roof. It's very minor, the the Derek Jeter, but it's still minor with the Nick Cannon references as well. We've got Go DJ, Play My Song, and I'm a Think About You All Night Long. So that is Honey Remix and My All as well thrown in. We've got Back in the Day, We're in Love or Not in Love Anymore, but Some Days I Sit and Wish We Were in Love Again. It's a little... <laughs> it's a little bit rude considering she's married to somebody new but in a way I feel like she is just like collecting her thoughts and feelings and to write a song about where she's been and where she's at but she does say where is it there's a line I'm the same me me fame ain't changed me butterfly flow like Muhammad Ali wish I could bring you back like the ODB thinking about the world plus me you and Jack no matter what I do when the memories are stacked think about 10th grade think about 11th when you went doggy fresh all the way to heaven see and Jack was dead I think he died by the equals MC squared era so I think it's about Derek but what about 10th grade and 11th I don't think I think she's just trying to make it sound more childish but anyway, yeah. I don't I can't think of any other songs that recently other than from E equals or you're thinking memoirs that reference Derek Jeter. But to yeah. me, that's the whole Derek Jeter collection. I feel like whatever did come from a Derek Jeter moment, it's it's now like a diluted version of like everything else, you know, because we <laughs> she's had Nick Cannon. There's been blip moments as well as we know. And I feel yeah. like she's incorporated and pulled from all these different situations now. I agree because I feel like even the art of letting go is off of like the divorce album. Like yeah. I feel like yeah. she pulls from Tommy and yeah. like other people. Like to me, when she got with Nick Cannon, that whole Derek Jeter fantasy and songs about Derek Jeter just faded for me. So anytime I was listening to a Mariah album, I would never think is this is about Derek Jeter. When I used to think, like, listening to Charm Brace and all that, I'm like, is this about Derek? So I never really thought that any songs were about Derek after E equals. I think that it, if songs are not specifically about him after that, she's taking from certain feelings and emotions. And like Garrett exactly. said, like taking it and mixing it and throwing other things in it, too. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure there are other songs about him. We just don't really know. Only Mariah knows that. We don't have the receipts, honey. Yeah, we don't have any more receipts. And she probably writes these things and she's probably just drawing on certain situations and emotions and things she's felt. And it could be amalgamation. Like, I feel like what I said, Candy Bling, is. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense now that once she got with Nick, like, 
it might be about him or that could be the last reference to him, but there's no like blatant references to him at all after that to me in my eyes. Sometimes I do wonder if some of the daydream songs are about Derek, but then I always have to remember, no, they meant 96 and that's yeah, after that's the thing. album. Yeah. Yeah. Because you want to, you want underneath the stars to be about Derek, but it's not possible because unless Mariah and him are lying about some shit and because she does reference underneath the stars and for the record. Yeah, because you know Mariah I mean? also, mm-hmm. Mariah also said that like, Honey and my all are written before they had sex. And I'm like, how is that possible? Like some of those things in their timeline, I'm just like giving them major side eyes about because I'm like, girl, you were real inspired, girl, without getting that, without getting that honey, without tasting that honey. <laughs> you writing about that honey, but you said you haven't tasted it. So I don't know what you talking about, girl. I don't know what you're talking about. But writing but- about something or thinking about something or fantasizing or imagining something that you've not yet experienced does mean that your mind will go extra. I feel that, but I just feel like, I just feel but, like, I don't know, girl. She be yeah, coming but, from but a real know, inspired place, honey. <laughs> you know how Mariah is. She's really guarded with anything sexual. She doesn't really express it. She does in her lyrics, but... I feel like there's a lot of things that Mariah says aren't aren't necessarily true. You know what I mean? That she keeps to herself. mm -hmm. And she should, because those are her truths. They're not ours. I mean, we're just fans, but there's a lot of things that Mariah says where I give her the side eye, like, okay, Chica. (laughs) Yeah, so I feel like sometimes I question, like, Girl, you flew all the way out to Puerto Rico and didn't even get it. Like, I don't know about that. Like, there's some yeah. things that I just question, but no, for real, you for went real. All, you went all the way out there, didn't get nothing, and you were you came back still so inspired, so inspired. Like, it just is very mm, okay. Okay, I see you, genius Mariah. <laughs> okay, guys, thank you for listening to what we call in this episode, by the way. What about the Derek Jeter collection? That would make a cute album. Like, yeah. what if she put all of the Derek Jeter songs on one album and called it the Derek Jeter collection? <laughs> That'd be shady. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode, the Derek Jeter collection. If you've liked this episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on all social media platforms at the obsessed podcast make sure to tune in to our next episode see you guys soon bye-bye Bye.